Are you going to say something? What? This is the cold open. You're supposed to do something funny. Okay, well, you didn't put anything in the script, so like, what am I even supposed to say? I, I, dude, I don't care. Just, just say something and just make it funny. Um. Uh. Okay. So, a horse walks into a bar, and the bartender says to him, "Hey," and then the horse says, "Nah, bro, just beer, please." You know, horses can't talk, right? He is someone to watch. I'm right here, right now. And that is interesting. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's that's oh my goodness. Let's do it. I'm excited to hear this. I'm excited. Uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Welcome back, y'all. This is episode 17 of the Five Yard Fantasy Podcast. And today I am super excited to welcome back Alec McKissick to the show. What's up, Alec? How are you doing? Hey, Jackson. What's up, man? Thanks for having me on. Um, I'm really excited to be here. Um, you know, I've been here on the mock draft episode for the Offsides Dynasty League, but I just had like bits and pieces. And um, I'm excited to be back and have like working audio this time. So <laughs> I'm just glad to be here and have a good time with you guys and talk some fantasy. Yeah, uh, a little behind baseball here. The audio for Alec was a struggle from the draft episode uh, that he mentioned where he was on. So we were able to salvage some of it, but a lot of Alec's parts got cut out. So this time, though, we do have Alec in full capacity. So thank you very much for making the time to be here. I really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to jump right in the deep end today. We got week four starts and sits to get through, or week five starts and sits to get through, excuse me. Uh, and I am very excited to get into this with you. I, it, it's the week season is flying by. I cannot believe it's already week five, but I'm excited to see who you've got. And as always, around here we start with our starts uh, purely for the puns' sake. And uh, I will let you as the guest. I'm gonna let you have the honors. I'm gonna let you take it away with your first start of the week. Yeah. So my first start, um, we got Russell Wilson. I know a lot of people have been iffy on Russ, and he's had some you know games that have justified that. But this week all in on Russell, you know, he's had a very, he has a very favorable matchup this week against Indianapolis defense. That's been really up and down at times this year. I know they have Shaq Leonard out again, Thursday night. So, you know, he's a linebacker, he's not a corner, but you know, that's still going to help out Russell Wilson big time. Um, you know, they surprised me, the, the Indy Colts, they held their own against the chiefs and Titans, but they've also been beaten really badly by some of the other teams they've faced. Russ, he was cooking last week against the Raiders. Um, Raiders also have a weak secondary, which, um, you know, should be noteworthy, but, you know, that being said, I think that he's really improving and he's finally getting ready to go with this team, especially no Javante Williams also, right. You know, not having that like staple in the running game is going to mean that Broncos are going to throw some more. So I would not be surprised to see Russell Wilson absolutely go off. He has faith in his guys like Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, they're going to make the job easier for him. So I'm starting Russell Thursday night. Yeah, I, I'm with you right there on Russell Wilson. Uh, I think one of the biggest things there is the the indie defense. They have been really bad, and it's kind of being statistically hidden by the Chiefs games and the Titans games. But I think you just kind of have to remember the Chiefs, they're still getting going as an offense. That was two weeks ago. That Half that offense is new guys. Uh, and then the Titans haven't been able to move the ball through the air for like the better part of a year. So I have faith that the Broncos will figure it out. They have way too many weapons uh, to struggle against that indie defense, which is just not a good secondary. So we talked about Russ. We're going to stay in the AFC net, AFC West for this next guy, and it's actually Josh Jacobs. So Ooh. I know we talked about the Chiefs already, 
and um, Jacobs plays them this week. And I know that the Raiders are kind of iffy when they play the Chiefs, but, you know, Jacobs has been a huge factor for this Raiders offense as of late. He came off of a 144-yard two-touchdown game against the Broncos. And he's also been really active in that receiving game, too. He has at least five targets in each of the last two games, which is huge, especially now that most of us play PPR. And um, Kansas City defense has been soft on running backs. They're allowing fourth most fantasy points per game to those running backs. Um, but they are first in total yards allowed against the run, which is kind of a weird contrast and split there. But I still think it gives that sweet spot for Jacobs to be a start this week as he's going to be one of the main parts of Vegas's game plan. And um, they're going to try and keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands for as long as possible to avoid that shootout loss. So I think Jacobs is an excellent, excellent start this week. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you on that last thing you said. I think the Raiders are going to try to hold on to the ball this week. And I think that's where you get Jacobs in and get a lot of value out of him because he's going to get so much volume just from the Raiders needing to run the ball to keep it away from Mahomes because Mahomes in that offense, they're so dangerous when you let them hold on to the ball and you give them that many opportunities to score and turn this into a, a 30, 40 point shootout that the Raiders can't win. Yeah. So next up, we got Curtis Samuel. So we're actually going to switch to the NFC East now. So kind of opposite of AFC West, right? Flipping across but, the country. You know, yeah, facts. And I know everyone's been talking about Terry. I know everyone's been talking about Dotson, but Curtis Samuel cannot be overlooked um, for Washington's offense. Um, you know, they're playing Tennessee. Titans defense has allowed third most passing yards this season and second most touchdowns to receivers which is like six already in a couple of weeks, which is pretty high number. Um, I know that guys, you know, like McLaurin and Dotson are going to be getting a lot of attention. That's just going to open it up for Samuel. Um, and, you know, I think everyone hasn't been able to realize that Samuel has been by far Wentz's favorite target this season. He's actually been getting about seven targets every game. So I think he's going to be Washington's top receiver. Um, I know everyone's also talking about Brian Robinson coming back, which is really cool, but, I don't think they're going to give him the rock just yet after his first week back. So don't be surprised if the commanders are throwing the ball a lot more than you think. Yeah. Uh, I think Robinson is definitely noteworthy, ridiculously cool story for him to, to come mm -hmm. back at already at this point in the year, but I am right there with you. I, I don't know if he is a huge factor in that offense, but I think against the Titans, the Titans have just really struggled to defend the pass. So I think the commanders are going to be all over him because the commanders have loved throwing the football this year. Carson Wentz has Excellent. been bombs away. Yeah, no, he's been ridiculous. I've been really impressed by Wentz. Um, I know last couple weeks, um, you know, Cowboys and uh, Eagles, he was kind of fighting for his life. But I think these games out of the back out of the division, he'll be doing just fine. Yeah, I agree with you. And speaking of that division, though, just going to jump into my last start is um, Eagles tight end Dallas Goddard. Um, I know everyone's been talking about Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, but like Goddard has been there. And he's been getting at least nine fantasy points each of the last three games. And he continues to be that guy for the Eagles offense. Like Arizona is also third worst defense against tight ends right now in fantasy. And they've allowed three touchdowns already this year. So Goddard, I can totally see them scheming up stuff for him in the end zone, red zone, making it work. And especially also that dynamic between um, Goddard and Zach Ertz against the Cardinals, who used to be, you know, on the Eagles. I think Goddard's going to try and show him up a little bit and show him that they picked him for a reason. Yeah, we'll get back to that uh, in a minute. I, I do agree with you, though. I think Goddard has some value this week. Uh, the Eagles have really surprised me with how they've been able to pass the ball this year, and we've talked about it a lot. Uh, Jalen Hurts has taken huge leaps and bounds. Uh, and like you said, that was one of the reasons why I had Higby, uh, I think, two weeks ago as a start for me when the Rams faced the Cardinals because the 
Cardinals have just sucked against tight ends this year. With There's just no if, ands, or buts about it. They just have not been able to defend them. All right, I'm ready to go on my starts here. Jacoby Let's Myers is headed into a super favorable matchup this week against a Lions defense that has allowed no less than 27 points to every single team they've faced thus far. Uh, Bailey Zappi, he more than held his own against a Packers defense, so you don't really have to worry about the fact that this is the third-string quarterback because he's been really good. I do have faith in Bailey Zappi. Uh, that Packers defense made mincemeat of Justin Fields. They held Brady under 300 passing yards, so that's not a bad defense that we're talking about. Uh, I do trust him. I think the Patriots will run to set up their pass. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of Ramondre Stevenson, a lot of Damian Harris this week, but that doesn't mean we won't see enough volume for Jacoby Myers to be involved. I really do trust Belichick to scheme up really great plays for Zap to make or Zappy, excuse me, to make easy reads and get the ball out super quick. Uh, Myers has just too much upside not to start him this week. I I like Jacoby Myers. I feel like people forget about him just because he doesn't get all those touchdowns. But like he is excellent. And um, like you said, I'm not even worried that Zap is the quarterback. Like you know, if you're talented, you're gonna get the ball in your hands. Exactly. Uh, and Belichick is such a good coach. I, j- I just don't worry about Zappy not getting opportunities to throw. They'll they'll make it easy for him. They'll make life life workable for him. Joe Burrow is another start for me. He gets the Ravens this week, and he has gotten back on track. It was a rough start for Burrow this season, uh, but he's thrown for at least 275 yards in each of his last three outings, and he's gotten a couple touchdowns in every single one. Uh, and he's going up against the Ravens, which are a very, very easy defense for fantasy QBs. They're getting close to that indie territory where they become must-start anytime there's a quarterback facing them. I think Burrow, though, is another test for that. Tua, Josh Allen, and Joe Flacco all had 20-point-plus fantasy points, 20-plus fantasy point games against the Ravens' defense this year. Uh, and I think the Bengals, like I said, that offense is really close to being fully back on track to what we saw last year. They're still struggling to get the ball to their top target in Jamar Chase, which I would really like to see them do more. Uh, he's getting doubled and triple teamed, which makes it that really hard to do. But T. Higgins is finding a way to fill in that role and to help their offense continue to thrive. So I'm not too worried about Joe Burrow. I think he should be very, very good this week against that Ravens defense. Uh, yeah, I mean, y'all, we're so quick to forget what he did to the Ravens twice last year. Like, they put on a show against Baltimore. Marlon Humphrey got cooked by Jamar Chase, like, multiple times. And I'm sure the Ravens remember that and are ready to, like, prove that, like, they're a more improved team. But after what we've seen so far, like you're talking about, they have been getting shredded. And, like, what is to say Burrow and them are not going to be doing that one more time? Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, I just – I feel like that defense has been nowhere close to what we're used to from the Ravens. Uh, nope. I feel like we're used to like hard hitting blitz heavy Ravens defense. And that just isn't what we've seen. They've been really soft. Uh, next up, another defense has been pretty soft. Uh, Arizona faces Miles Sanders and the Philadelphia Eagles. We've already talked about this game and we'll continue to uh, Philly has just moved the ball exceptionally well this season, whether it's been through the air uh, like we talked about earlier with Dallas Goddard and Jalen Hurts or on the ground, also with Jalen Hurts and with Miles Sanders, they're fifth in the league in yards per game on the ground, which is ridiculous when you consider the production they've had in the air as well. Uh, Sanders has managed to get involved super well. He's the eighth most productive fantasy running back so far, and he's got a great matchup. The Cardinals are allowing 4.3 yards per carry to backs this year so far. Their rushing defense does look pretty good if you just look at overall but you got to look at how many times these defenses have been rushed against. That's a similar thing with the Chiefs, where the Chiefs, yes, they are first in total yards allowed on the ground, but they've also taken the least amount of rushing attempts defensively. So 
that's a big factor in why they haven't allowed many yards on the grounds because no one's running the ball against them. So I uh, do think that Miles Sanders can get active this week against Arizona. I think he's got touchdown upside. Uh, definitely a start for me. Yeah, I don't even have anything to add on that. You like nailed it right on the head. So he's going <laughs> to kill it. Yeah, I, I am right there with you. I think he's he's set up for a huge week. And uh, on the flip side of Sanders, like I talked about, Zach Ertz is my tight end starter this week. So I think we're kind of both in the same place. Uh, Zach Ertz has been a ridiculously good red zone target this year. Uh, his 10 red zone targets are first in the league for anybody not named Devontae Adams. And in a revenge game against the Eagles uh, that let him go for Dallas Goddard, like you talked about, I think he should be extra motivated to have a huge afternoon. Uh, I think he's going to be getting open all night. I think he's a must start for me. Yeah, well said. Um, Arizona, they're there, and they're going to try and have a shootout against the Eagles. Um, good luck. But like, I think, yeah. I think Ertz is going to Ertz is going to put on a show, especially no Hopkins back. Um, they can only do so much to stop Marquise Brown, but um, Ertz is still going to be there. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game for the Cardinals overall, but I think their offense can score some points against the Eagles. I think, like you said, I think it will sort of turn into a shootout. Uh, but like I said, I think if anyone's going to get active on that offense, I think it's going to be Zach Ertz, and I think it's going to be Marquise Brown, uh, who been who they've been running it through. So, And I'm picking Ertz. I think he's going to be super motivated, try to get his revenge on those Eagles. They, it's a pretty ugly breakup after a long career together with them. Hello. We had an audio issue, unfortunately, and the sit section of the original recording was lost. Uh, so I'm back. Uh, it's been a couple hours. Unfortunately, Alec was not able to join me for this second recording session, but I will be delivering his sits for him. Uh, so I've got some players for you guys to sit. The first one from my list, Evan Engram. Evan Engram has just, and you know, it's kind of ironic because I was such a, a big fan of Evan Engram coming into this season, and I really thought that he could do a lot of big things. But something, you know, me and Alec talked about uh, off of the podcast is the ability and the need to be able to kind of change your takes and to adjust as you get new information and not to, to be stubborn about things. And uh, I think Evan Engram's a great example of that because the volume just hasn't really been there. Uh, that was kind of the main argument for him being a good fantasy play, and it just hasn't shown up for him. Uh, and especially this week against the Houston defense, which has done really, really well against every single tight end they faced other than Gerald Everett last week. He torched him. Uh, or was that two weeks ago? Either way, uh, Engram hasn't been as involved as I'd hoped for. Uh, so I would just steer clear against this Houston defense. I don't think it's a week to have him in your lineup. Uh, and we're just going to have to keep evaluating him on a week-to-week basis because there's clearly talent there. Like, he's so athletic. He's so good at so many things. But he's just not getting the usage, and it's kind of frustrating. But we'll have to keep keep working with him on a week-to-week basis. I wouldn't drop him yet. Uh, maybe trade block him. But... Yeah, good bench spot for for Evan Engram. Moving on, uh, quarterback Geno Smith. Geno Smith, and this one is another weird one because he's coming off a huge game. Uh, over 300 yards, a couple touchdowns, bunch of rushing yards. Much tougher matchup this week. He's the Saints defense this week. And the lack of options is going to make life hard uh, on Geno. If DK and Tyler Lockett get locked up by those outside corners. It's going to be a little tricky. We saw 
Uh, Justin Jefferson was really the only Vikings receiver that was able to get going against that Saints defense last week, and he's one of the most talented receivers in the league. Seahawks don't really have an X like that. DK and Tyler are both good, but obviously they're not Justin Jefferson. Geno's nowhere near as good as Kirk Cousins. Actually, you know what? I mean, Geno's playing pretty well this year. Uh, I still wouldn't have him on that Kirk Cousins tier, but he's not as good as Kirk Cousins is. I think he's he's going to struggle against this really good Saints defense. Uh, it would not be a week for me to start Geno Smith. Next one, Tyler Algier. Algier's an interesting one because he played really well last week as well, uh, like Geno, but he's in a very tricky backfield situation in Atlanta where they want to rotate those backs. Now, I, I know it's tempting to jump on Algier because Cordero Patterson is out, but I wouldn't do it just yet. I would still avoid him, still see how they're going to use him. Let that backfield sort itself out a little bit before you jump in on any of the Falcons running backs. It's just very messy. Like I said, they're using three to four different running backs on a regular basis. I wouldn't be able to trust any of them. I, we just don't know who's going to get the goal line touches. We don't know who's going to be the third down back. So many things are up in the air now that Patterson is out. Uh, Algier, obviously there is a, a high ceiling potential. Uh, I just don't think the odds of that high ceiling cashing for Algier are very good. I. Uh, so I would, I would sit him this week and wait and see. Sort of similar to Evan Ingram, where you just kind of have to wait and get a little more clarity on how that's going to all work out now that Patterson's down. How long is Patterson going to be out? All right. Moving forward, last one here, Elijah Moore. Uh, and this one's tricky because this is a player I love. Uh, Elijah Moore, I was huge on him last year, big on him coming into this season. But the volume hasn't really been there, and it was tricky last week, especially with Zach Wilson coming back. He just didn't see a lot of targets. Facing Miami this week, it's tough to imagine a world in which Elijah Moore is a big factor in that offense. If you think about the guys who Zach Wilson's going to want to throw to, in order right now what it's been, it's been Garrett Wilson, it's been Corey Davis, it's been Tyler Conklin, it's been Brees Hall. That's that's, And then Elijah Moore after that. So Elijah Moore's option number five in that order and you can maybe even put Michael Carter in front of him it's been hard living for Elijah Moore and I would avoid him until he proves that he can garner more targets from Zach Wilson in this Jets offense he's very talented I think they need to use him more but he just hasn't been able to get that volume because the Jets offense is a little bit better than people are giving it credit for uh the list of names that I listed off those are great players uh and now that Zach Wilson's back I'm pretty excited to see how they can work it all out. Let's see what Alec had. Uh, J.K. Dobbins was his first sit of the week. J.K. Dobbins is facing Cincinnati this weekend. J.K. was somebody that, if you caught the Twitch stream that me and Alec did, we talked about him a lot. Uh, it was an interesting performance for him where he did get the two touchdowns, but the two touchdowns both come very early on in the first quarter. And then his involvement in the game plan from that point forward was very limited. So... I would I did warn you guys last week and I'm gonna warn you again and Alec as is as well JK Dobbins might be a little bit of a mirage uh Cincinnati's got a tough defense as well probably a week to avoid JK uh the Ravens have routinely struggled against Cincinnati lately this should be a good game uh I think if they're gonna win it they're gonna win it through Lamar though moving on George Kittle uh next sit for Alec George Kittle against Carolina and this is one where Alex's logic on this is something I really agree with, which is that George Kittle's kind of getting used in a mainly blocking role. 
Uh, he's a fantastic receiver. He's a fantastic blocker as well, though. And with the 49ers offensive line the way it is, and with Jimmy Garoppolo in at quarterback, he's not the mobile guy that they had in Trey Lance. They have to protect him, and George Kittle's getting asked to do a lot of that. So he's kind of playing that second left tackle role. So until we see him start to run a lot more routes for, for the 49ers and start to get targets on those routes, it's tough to start him. Uh, moving on to Chase Claypool, the last sit for Alec. Chase Claypool faces Buffalo this week. That's already a tough matchup. The Buffalo secondary is fierce. Uh, this is the first week we're going to be seeing Kenny Pickett, uh, and that's difficult. And I honestly, I wish you guys could have heard Alec break this down initially because he got so in-depth with it because the Steelers are his team. He loves the Steelers, uh, and he could do so much of a better job breaking this down than I could. But essentially, in his mind, Chase Claypool just isn't high up on the list of receivers, sort of like what we talked about with um, Elijah Moore, excuse me, where he's just not high up on the list of options for Zach Wilson or for Kenny Pickett in this instance. So I think Chase Claypool, until he proves himself to be a favorite target of Kenny Pickett, it's tough to start him, and it's really tough to start him this week against the Buffalo Bills defense, which has been lights out to this point in the season. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. I really appreciate it, and I know Alec would too if he was here to say goodbye. Unfortunately, he cannot be due to the technical errors we faced, uh, but Again, we appreciate you guys' patience with us. Uh, hope you really enjoyed the show. I will see you guys on Tuesday for some takeaways, some reviews of the hits and the misses from this episode from week five. I'm super excited for it. I will see you guys then. Until then, take care. I'm out of here. He is someone to watch. I'm right here right now. And that is interesting. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's a that's oh a my goodness. Let's do it. I'm excited to hear this. I'm excited. Uh, let's go ahead and get into it.